Genesis chapter 7. Genesis chapter 7, uh, we're going to read, and the context here, Genesis chapter 6 says that, that uh, as men increased on the planet, uh, they became more and more, uh, they pursued avenues further and further away from God. Uh, it says that God's heart was distressed that he had made man, because all the inclinations of their heart were only evil all the time. And God said, I, I can't deal with it anymore, i got to intervene. And so God intervened. And in Genesis chapter 7, uh, we see he chooses, in chapter 6, he chooses Noah. Uh, he chooses a righteous man and his family. There were eight in total. Uh, gives him directions to build an ark and lets him know, hey, this is coming. And so in Genesis chapter 7, we catch up with Noah. And it reads, verse 1, it says, The Lord then said to Noah, Go in the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and two of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now I will send rain on the earth in forty days for forty days and forty nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living, living creature I have made. Now let me stop there. I do want to make sure that as we hop in, this is super important, uh, and I know people are unnerved and they are freaking out. And I've got people asking, are these the end times uh, because of the plagues and the earthquakes in Utah and, you know, the wars and all the things going on. Uh, even Jesus said, I don't know the time. Only the Father knows the time. This is not a, or a, a pronouncement of end times. It, we're reading this context. So it's important to understand in reading this, not saying God is destroying the earth. It's just a time and we'll, we'll understand more as we get to reading uh, of what God is doing and what we can learn from this time. The answer is whatever we're going through, the answer is always in the text. The answer is always in God's word. We find ourselves there. And so that's what we're doing. So this is not a pronunciation of end times. And this is not end times theology. Amen. Verse 5. It says, And Noah did all that the Lord commanded. Noah was 600 years old when the flood waters came on earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' daughters, his sons' wives, entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Pairs of clean and unclean animals, birds, and of all creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark as God had commanded Noah. And after seven days, the flood waters came on the earth. In the 600 year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, on that day, all the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of the heavens were opened, and rain fell on the earth forty days and forty nights. And on that very day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Jepheth, together with his wife and the wives of his three sons, entered the ark. They had with them every wild animal according to its kind, all livestock according to their kinds, every creature that moves along the ground according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, everything with wings, pairs of all creatures that have the breath of life in them came to Noah and entered the ark. The animals going in were male and female of every living thing as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord shut him in. And there's so much there that we could look at, but God basically told them to get prepared, get your family together, uh, get all those animals in, and then God shut them in. And God did that for a very specific reason, which we'll get to, and we'll continue. Let's look in verse 20. It says, I'm sorry, verse 17. 
It says, Then for forty days the flood kept coming on the earth, and as the waters increased, they lifted the ark high above the earth. The waters rose and increased greatly on earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. They rose greatly on the earth, and all the mountains, high mountains, under the entire heavens were covered. The waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than twenty feet. Everything living that moved on the earth perished. All uh, birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swarm over the earth and all mankind, everything on dry land that had breath of life in its nostrils died. Everything on the face of the earth was wiped out. Men and animals and the creatures that move along the ground and the birds of the air were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. The waters flooded the earth for 150 days. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and livestock that were with him in the ark, and he sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heavens had been closed, and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. The water receded steadily from the earth, and at the end of 150 days, the water had gone down. And on the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Erat. The waters continued to recede until the 10th month, and on the first day of the tenth month, the tops of the mountains became visible. After forty days, Noah opened the window he had made in the ark and sent out a raven, and it kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove to see if the water had recorded had receded, rather, from the surface of the ground. But the dove couldn't find couldn't find could find no place to set its feet because there was water over all the surface of the earth. So it returned to Noah in the ark. He reached out his hand and took the dove, brought it back to himself in the ark. He waited seven more days and again sent out the dove from the ark. When the dove returned to him that evening, in his beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. Then no one knew that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and he sent the dove out again, but this time it did not return to him. By the first day of the first month of Noah's 600th year and the first year, the water had dried up from the earth. Noah then removed the covering from the ark and saw that the surface of the ground was dry. By the 27th day of the seventh, second month, the earth was completely dry. Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your wives. And then he commanded them to bring out every living creature. And this is an amazing passage. And there's going to be four things we look at today in Noah's uh, shelter-in-place order. Uh, there's several things that we got to look at and that, that I believe that we can consider that I believe will be helpful for us today and helpful for uh, kind of what we're going through. Noah had ex was experiencing something unprecedented, uh, flooding. Uh, God was going to wipe out everything. God was making a decision that things needed to stop, things needed to reset uh, there were the way things were going, they weren't going to change. And God gave Noah a mandate that he needed to create this ark, build this ark by his design, by God's design, get the animals in, get all their uh, preparations. You read in chapter 6, we told them to get food for themselves and all that. Uh, they did that, and then God shut them in, and then God began to cleanse the earth. And there's four things we're going to look at today that I think will help us. Uh, first, God created separation. And then there was consecration. Then we're going to look at Noah's anticipation. And then we're going to look at new creation. Those very four simple things. We're not going to be long because I know it's hard to watch 
there's so much content right now. There's so it's so hard to pay attention. I uh, have a hard time watching the whole sermon, but we're going to do our best to make sure uh, that we're engaged. First point: that what God did through all of that is God created separation, and why God chose the way He did. I, I can tell you that all I know with God is that God does everything based upon love, His righteousness, His wisdom. Uh, though everything is governed by those things, uh, and He uses His power to bring about His ends, which is really our reconciliation to Him. God's plan through all of the chaos that was going on, uh, through everything that was going on, God's design and God's plan was so that man could have a right relationship with him. And what God needed to do at that time, he needed to separate out Noah and his family so that, one, I believe, uh, he could have a people of his own uh, that were going to be righteous, that were going to have a focus in on him. Noah at that time was considered righteous in his generation by God. And so God separated him out. And the reality is, at that time, the virus that was infecting the earth, the virus that was plaguing the earth was sin. It says that every inclination of man's heart was only evil all the time. And that's hard to imagine, that every thought you have was only evil. It was only destructive to yourself or to other people all the time. And that's what God was saying. And God said, okay, this has got to end. Uh, if you read the the Genesis story, even at the beginning, it says in, uh, first sin kind of infected Adam and Eve, and then sin infected their family and Cain and Abel. And then sin, kind of by Genesis 6, affected the whole earth. Uh, things were bad. And God said, okay, I need to separate out the righteous at this time. I need to cleanse everything so we can start on over. And that separation process, God needed to separate out Noah. And the thing for us, we've got to understand, as we are being separated, God is not allowing churches, even small groups to meet together. God is saying, okay, there needs to be a separation. And that separation time is to stop the spread uh, in our world, is to stop the spread of uh, this, the virus, the coronavirus, the COVID-19 virus. The, the God is separating us so that it doesn't continue to spread. And God needed to separate out his people at that time so that it would not spread. And I believe that even God was protecting Noah because had things gone on, who knows? But God, if, if Noah would have lost his righteousness... That God had to intervene because it's possible that Noah would have lost his walk with God because of everything that was going on. So God needed to separate, he needed to have everything stop, start over. The thing for us, we've got to learn is God has separated us. It doesn't necessarily it doesn't mean we're isolated. Separation does not equate to isolation. And via Facebook, via video chats, uh, all these things, there are so many different ways we can connect. And so it's so important that we we can understand that even though God has separated us, he's not isolated us. Because even Noah, if God said, look, everybody's got to go, it's just going to be you on that ark with the animals. He didn't do that. He knew that he needed connection. Uh, he needed his wife. And again, God is God. He could have done the whole Adam and Eve thing, created a whole new uh, a wife for, for Noah and all that. He didn't do it. He needed his sons. He needed his family. So God, he, he, know, he knew he needed that connection there. And so even though we are separated, trust me, God knows it doesn't mean isolation. And we've got to be careful that we don't, don't mistake God's separation uh, from the world, separation from the things that are normal for us. Uh, we don't take that as isolation, that he's isolating us. Um, Here's the thing about it. 
what Noah experienced and for Noah's soul and for the earth to be regenerated, for, for people to, again, be able to start over with the new relationship, they had to be separated from what was normal. You imagine Noah, what he was experiencing, and there's not a lot said about what happened during that, uh, I think, about 204 days plus in the ark. No one, we don't know what happened. We don't know what those conversations were like with his sons and his uh, daughters-in-law with his wife. We don't know about his anxiety, if he had anxiety. And so it's important we don't put... I don't want to add any extras onto what he felt. I don't want to uh, have conjecture about what was going on and put my Western ideals back in, you know, this ancient man's mind. I have no idea. I just know what I would be feeling and what I would be battling with. And I know what I'm battling with now, the anxiety. The I'm a people person. I like being around people. I like my sports. Uh, I just like being able to go to the store. I'm very American in that. And, and having all these restrictions goes against all my American sensibilities. I like normal. And God is saying, you don't need normal right now. I need to separate you because normal is not healthy for you. And I think what we got to understand is that God, through Noah, helped him. To, he needed to separate. He needed that time of separation so that there could be a time of consecration. And that, whole, that word consecration, I know it sounds like a, a religious word. I'm not a necessarily religious person in that regard. I didn't grow up going to church. So that whole idea of being consecrated and all that. But that theme is over and over and over in the Bible. We see that over and over and over where consecration is literally it's it's something that is that is separated from the common things it's separated it's cleansed it's made holy so that it can be appropriate for God because God is holy and during this time where uh, during this time where Noah was in the ark he was being consecrated and maybe there were some things some some habits that he had even encountered around uh, his his world. Maybe there are things that were seeping into his own character that God needed to separate him out so he could get consecrated, so that he could be made holy, so that he could be cleansed, so that he could even reset and get his mind right uh, because he was beginning to drift. And that whole idea of consecration is, is uh, if you read through Leviticus, if you read through Exodus, all these, uh, these different books where things were clean, they were washed. Um, that whole idea of of being consecrated. Literally, the Israelites in Exodus, as they uh, Moses led them on out, he separated them out from their normal. God brought them on out uh, into, into a new space where they could be freed uh, so that they could be cleansed, so that they could be holy. And for us, that process is difficult. That process of being cleansed, that process of being consecrated is tough because there's some mourning that goes along with that. Uh, around the world, there's grief right now, even of of lost ones. Uh, honestly, there's several different types of grief, and uh, people are grieving not being able to go to prom. I know high school people; are, they're not being able to go to prom, uh, spring soccer, all these different types of things. Uh, people are excited for commencement. I know at U Heart here at the Heart, we have several of our brothers and sisters that were graduating: Josh and uh, uh, Jonathan and. Um, uh, Brandon, uh, Lindsay, uh, Carly, you know, all these people are graduating. We can't celebrate with them at UConn, all of our graduates. And it's so difficult uh, that they're not being a, not going to be able to experience this commencement. And there's a level of grief and consecration. What it does is it, it, it cleanses out the things that are unimportant. It cleanses away the, the things that uh, really don't have to do with God so that we can be cleansed. 
And that's a, there's a mourning process that goes along with that. I know people are mourning their plans. They're mourning and grieving. People at weddings where they had big parties planned and now they're small groups. And you got to understand that God, for God, that cleansing process, that mourning process, though it's mourning to us, God is doing something greater. God is doing something grander. For Noah, on that ark, during that time, that 204 days on the ark, there are things that God... Was, he was setting them apart. There are things in those quiet moments. As he's out there now, I don't know if you call it an ocean, but as he's out there in, the, in that ark, and things are quiet. And he looks at what God did, how God had warned him, and God had told him, given the, the directions for making the ark, how God had uh, prepared him uh, and his family, and how God saved him, and what God saved him for. And I'm sure Nor Noah had... Maybe more in some of his normal. Maybe there were people in his life that uh, that were washed away, that weren't righteous, that people that, you know, he just liked being around and that were gone now. And part of that consecration process, I know for me as a Christian, there are people that distance themselves for, from you. Once you get clean, once you decide to make Jesus Lord, you get baptized, and there are people that all of a sudden... They don't want to be around you anymore, and, and there could be a warning to that. That consecration process is not always the most joyful process, but it's a necessary process for us to get to holiness. Noah needed that time in that ark. All those days, the earth needed that time for God to cleanse it, heal it. I don't know why 150 days. It rained for 40 days, 40 nights. There are 150 days. And then there's a period of time after that uh, where Noah waited as the waters receded. And then uh, we're going to talk about his anticipation in a minute. But that consecration process is so helpful. We need that. It's this time we need, brothers and sisters, for us to consecrate ourselves to God. We need to allow God to cleanse us, maybe of the distractions that were keeping us from getting in our walk with God. And we're talking about, man, we just don't have time. We got work, work is busy, we got kids, you know, we got soccer, we got all these different things that are going on, gymnastics, we got dance classes, all these things are now gone. And now God's like, Do you have time for me now? Do you have time to care for your soul now? Do you have time to as there's, there's a lack of entertainment to fill up our times. Do you have time now? And God is calling us to consecrate ourselves. God is calling us to allow him through his spirit, through his word, uh, to cleanse ourselves. And there's some time. We need some time of reflection so that we can uh, be consecrated. Once we God has done that separation and then there's consecration, and next we'll look at the anticipation, because the, here's the thing about this. God, he didn't keep Noah in there for good. And the reality is for us, we got to understand, God's not, this is not, this time is not going to be permanent. Uh, for Noah, 150 days, which for us equates to about five months. Uh, I have no idea how long uh, this shelter-in-place order is going to be. We have no idea how long uh, everything is going to be shut down. No idea at all. Uh, we know it won't be a week, and we know it won't be two weeks, but it, it's going to be some time. We have no idea, and I have no idea what it was like for Noah. You know, I'm sure the first 10 days were probably kind of cool and fun, or maybe, you know, looking around all the different animals. I have no idea what it was like on day 79. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea what it was like on day, you know, 113. You know, even day 140, I'm sure Noah's like, I'm so tired of cleaning these animals. I'm so tired 
my wife's been making the same meal for like you know 40 days uh you know tired of the son-in-laws they're not doing their chores uh your, your daughter-in-law complaint who knows what i have no idea what's going on on that but but just the the whole idea you can imagine uh anticipation is something that's different than anxiety uh anticipation kind of the even the deci- uh the definition of anticipation is a, a hopeful expectation uh, a hopeful longing and so for us looking at what anticipation is during this time is for us we've got to make sure our anticipation uh, it does not get does not succumb to uh, anxiety we've got to make sure our anticipation that hopeful uh, longing that that hopeful expectation of things to come and we've got to make sure that we have the right expectations of things to come for Noah everything was going to be new you know, for us, as we come out on the other side of this, our country is going to be new. Our priorities are going to be new. Uh, just for myself, personally, I never knew how unclean I was. Even you watching this, you probably noticed, like, man, Tim touches his mouth or, you know, he's rubbing his face a lot, all that kind of stuff. I keep hand sanitizer all around at all times. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm not, I should be preaching in gloves, maybe. I don't know. But the point is, it's a new normal. Uh, everything that Noah was going to experience was new, and uh, I'm sure he looked back at some of the things he wished he had done better. Wish he, you know, as we look back at how what we took for granted for us in the church, man, we take the church for granted. We take the body for granted. I love giving hugs, uh, you know, hugging my. I miss my brothers and sisters at church. You know, if you've been at the heart, you've noticed. I'll walk around. I, I try to literally get a hand on everyone. Uh, because I want them to feel my presence. It's important for me to feel them. I like people. I'm a people person. I'm I'm a I have a 